Welcome, everybody. Quick intro for the Filibuster Freestyle. We got 1997 year-end Billboard Hot 100 re-rank coming up after the theme song. We also got an extremely hot take related to Jurassic Park from our own Cindy Harrington. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, filibusterfreestyle.com as well. Make sure you give us a follow or a subscription on Instagram or the Twitter, for the time being at least, at Filibuster Freestyle. Here comes the theme song. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. Well then, theme song's in the book. Joining us for the first time since she gave birth to this baby who just won't leave the studio. Cindy Harrington returns. First of all, the last time we heard from you, you did a cameo with... Sports jerks, and oh, right. two yeah. days later we were in the hospital for a week. Oh my god, was that two days after? Yeah. Holy smokes. So number one, uh, if anybody hears any noise, it's the baby. Yep. But uh, you, you feeling? You, I know how you're feeling, but are you feeling better? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely better than I was. It's a it's a long recovery, but we're getting there. Good. Well, here we go. We're getting back to an old standby, breaking down year-end Billboard. Hot 100, this is 1997. Wow. So this would be December 31st, if you will, 1997. Okay. It was uh, my, I would have been finishing my first semester of college at the end of 97. Yeah. So kind of the, the end of high school, beginning of college year for me. Yep. Uh, beginning of high school for you. Yep. So, you know, we should know these songs pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a hot Jurassic Park theme song score take for later. But I don't it's that hot of a take, but we'll uh, see. I'm going to make it hot. Anyway, <laughs> okay. I want to start all the way down at number 57. Okay. I'm not going to go through, obviously, all 57. And by the way, for those of you who haven't gone back and listened to these, Cindy has no idea what's coming. Correct. And she reacts in the moment. I did not know that this band had a charting single in the year 1997. Okay. Journey, who you're a big fan of. Oh, when you love a woman, yes, you remember that one. Oh, 100 percent. All right, I'm, I'm gonna have to listen to it afterwards because I'm, I, I think I know what it was, but anyway, so you remember that one. You'll know when you hear it. Um, yeah, they they kind of got back together because it was with Steve Perry. Right, that's what I was gonna ask you about. Yeah, they kind of like reconciled. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they put out an album also uh, to accompany that single, but. Yeah, I I like that jam. Okay, it's kind of a wedding song, I think. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, Journey in the night late nineties mm-hmm. charting. I just wanted to make sure. I remember the video even. So this next one is an Andrew Patterson favorite. Oh, wonderful! Sean Colvin's "Sunny Came Home" at number thirty-nine. <laughs> Are you being facetious he, about it? I mean, like, I think he <laughs> he likes to reference that song as kind of like a prototypical crappy song of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He also likes to bring up Enya a lot, which, by the way, Enya's great. <laughs> Enya's wonderful. But there was a point, like, in the 90s when making fun of Enya was funny, but then yeah. it was like, wait, Enya's excellent. Right, right. And always has been. Yeah. But Sean Colvin, where have all the... Sorry. I, spoiler alert. Shit. Anyway, and I swore. <laughs> wow. Falling apart. <laughs> Was I or was I not singing Where Have All the Cowboys Gone earlier today? You were just like a half hour ago. Well, I had not looked at this list yet, but Paula Cole, 38... <laughs> Where have all the cowboys gone? I want to bring up those two songs before we get into the thick of it. Okay. Okay. Sunny came home. Let me get into number 25. 
Mm-hmm. This one is a victim of the timing of the year. If we did this in May of 97, okay. I guarantee you this was the number one song because this song was played at my prom and then the weekend after the prom and then after graduation parties. This was the biggest song of 97 in my opinion. Okay. Uh, hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G. Oh, Lord, yes. At number 25. Again, 25. a victim of timing. wow. But that's, we're taking number 25. I, I got a feeling this one's got a shot. How, yeah, like, how do we surpass this? Correct. I'm not sure. Correct. So yeah. anyway. Okay. Number 24, I don't remember, okay. so I'm out of here with it. Well, can I remember, Steve? I sure. Remember it's it. by a group or a person called Rome. Okay. I belong to you, parentheses, every time I see your face. Oh, I think I do know that song. Is it better than Hypnotize? <laughs> well, probably not. <laughs> okay. Now, this next one, actually, another one, Victim of Timing. Uh-huh. This one came out in 96. It's really big in the winter of 96 into 97. We're a year removed from that. Okay. This is Blackstreet featuring Dr. Dre with no diggity. It's a big song. That's a really big song. I mean, I love that song so much. Is it better than Hypnotize? Probably not, but that's number two for sure. Okay, okay. No diggity is such a jam. Such a jam. Okay, number two. We're not in the top 20 yet. This is crazy. Savage Gardens, I Want You. Oh, uh, I li- yeah. Savage Garden had a moment, and I appreciated it. Sorry. Not even their best song, though. No. Sorry. I'm saying sorry to the baby who's reacting to my voice. Still quiet, though. Startle reflex is real. <laughs> All right. This next song, 21, also must have peaked higher earlier in the year. I can remember it from high school. Mm-hmm. The Verve Pipes, The Freshman. Oh, huge song. Oh, I love this song. Just a huge song. So much, yeah. Huge, yeah. huge, I had that huge album. Song. I was a big Verve Pipe fan. Okay. Do you personally want to put that? For- no, no. But I want to acknowledge I love that song. Okay. Yeah. Well, the good news about the year 1997 is that if you like the Notorious B.I.G. or Puff Daddy at the time or Mace, <laughs> they're going to be visiting us throughout this top 20. I love Mace. But the three of them together... With the legendary Mo Money, Mo Problems mm-hmm. at number 20. Again, far too low for where that song belongs yeah. in the 20-something years. 25 years since. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's number, like, three for me. All right. So he's still behind No Diggity, still behind Hypnotize. Mm, yeah. But how about all the hip-hop yeah. right now rising? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember as yet featuring Peter Cetera's version of Hard to Say I'm Sorry. Which is a remake, I think, from when Peter Cetera did the Karate Kid yeah. Part 2 jam. Or maybe it was when he was working with David Foster. But Hard to Say I'm Sorry obviously was a big Peter Cetera hit in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. And apparently somebody called As Yet featured Peter Cetera's probably vocals. Oh. I don't remember it. Get it out of here. I don't need, yeah, don't touch Peter Cetera. Leave him alone. There you go. Now, here's another person that Andrew Patterson likes to reference for <laughs> schlocky 90s music. This is amazing. Duncan Sheik's Barely Breathing. <laughs> Yeah, totally. This is that's a garbage song. It is really not good. Yeah, but did I like it in the moment? Probably. But it was like of the moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He was like the fifth best white guy doing whatever that kind of music was. Yeah, yeah. It's like in the Sister Hazel kind of genre. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So we're still hypnotized number one. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. This song I think has a chance to crack that. Oh no. Trifecta. Okay. None other than. The legendary Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charmed, Life, Ooh. the favorite song of Andy Maslin, apparently. Really? Between, between that, I believe in A Thing Called Love and Teenage Bird Dirtbag, but I digress. Wow. Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charmed. It says Semi-Charmed Life. I just in my head call it Semi-Charmed Kind of Life because that's what they say in the song. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the title Number 17, different. where is this for you? If I, I didn't put it fourth. 
Still behind these songs. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm, I love that song, but I mean, the other, the other ones are just like so. I am so prolific. Really impressed. Okay. That you didn't put that ahead of it. Really? Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm actually surprised myself. All right. This next one, Big Jam by Keith Sweat featuring Athena Cage, Nobody. Um, I actually like this song more for we would use it. So you guys all heard Marky Sal recently on the pod. Uh-huh. <clears throat> He's a brother named Armand. And Armand, our buddy Trevor, would call Armeezy. And <laughs> he would, instead of saying Nobody, he would sing Armeezy. Because Armin would usually buy us rounds of beer because he's the only one with like a real job band. And so we'd be like, who laces everybody with all the gear? Like with drinks or whatever. And we'd be like, I'm easy. Instead of nobody. So anyway, I like that song, but it's, is it better than any of the ones we've mentioned? No. 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 Shout out to Trevor and I'm I like barely remember that song. <clears throat> okay. Well, you're going to remember this one. Okay. Because this one is, if you remember Paula Cole, if you remember Sean Colvin. Yeah. You definitely remember this lady. Meredith Brooks. Biatch. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Huge song in 97. Huge song. It's fine. I mean, I didn't... It's not my favorite jam. Okay. So you're not putting it above anything? Oh, God, no. Okay, so we're still hypnotized, number one. Yeah. All right, this is somebody you like a lot as an artist. Okay. It's it's a big song. Yeah. By this artist. It's Usher, You Make Me Wanna. Um... This is, like, not my favorite song. Not his best song. No. Not his best effort. No. Agreed. Yeah. He did a lot better stuff. Okay. So still. Yep. By the way, the top of this top five, there's some real weak stuff. Okay. So we'll see. Whenever are we on? We're getting into number 13. Okay. Monica, for you, I will. Oh, mm-hmm. I got nothing on this one. Yeah. I, yeah, it was just like a, you know, single from her uh, during her moment. Got it. It's fine. Okay. But not any better than... We got some big ones coming up here in the next couple of Oh, no. This is going to be like really tough. Right, this next one... Tell you what, it's really held up. Hell of a radio pop single. It's Hanson's Mbop. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to put it ahead of Matthias. No, 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 no. Nor anybody. But, it, you know, it's, it's for me, yeah, for me it's, it's held up as what, as what it is. Like, both ironically and not ironically, Correct. right? Yeah. Which is really the staple of a good pop song. Definitely, yeah. No, I would put that, I would maybe put that number five. Okay, so this is into your top five. Yeah, I would say so. This is the best song I've had in a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, Backstreet Boys, Quit Playing Games with My Heart, number 11. Ooh. Actually, this isn't my favorite Not song their best effort them. either. That man, Usher, both like Yeah. Not- this was their first single, though. This was like their breakthrough hit. But, nah. Okay. This next song, again, clearly, if it had been earlier in the year, I think this was definitely number one in the U.S. If not, it was certainly number one in the U.K. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Christian Horner's wife, Ging- oh, Ginger very- Spice. And the Spice Girls with their biggest hit ever, Wannabe. Oh, no. Which basically defines the year 1997. Yeah. In my opinion. You know what? It's a big pop song. That's going number two for me. Number two. Yeah. Ahead of everything besides Hypnotize. Uh Uh-huh. I just respect how much you as an eighth grader understood the gravity of Hypnotize. I mean, how do you not? I mean, I agree, but. Yeah. I'm really impressed. But Spice Girls was, whew. All right, so Spice Girls is finally has a top the, 10. Because the international. Yeah, finally a top 10 song that is, and it's a huge song. Mm-hmm. Okay, this song is huge too, but it stinks out loud. Leanne rhymes, How Do I Live? Oh, good grief. Put that at number a million. Number a million. Switching gears abruptly, this next song <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, no, nothing more to say there. Fire. <laughs> right, Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, Charlotte. Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. Oh. That's a song. That's a real song for me, dog. That's a big jam. Where would you put that? 
I would put it right next to the annoying, the annoyed baby. Not the annoying baby, the annoyed baby who is trying to sleep in the studio. I would put this above everything for me besides Hypnotize right now. Wow. I like this song, clearly. I actually would put this behind No Diggity. So, so in your Yeah, in your top five, though, for yeah, sure. Okay. Yep, yep. Bumping out and about, probably. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Yep. It's okay, though. All right, here's a group that I love. Don't really remember. This is not my favorite of theirs. This is number seven, En Vogue's Don't Let Go, Love. Oh. Great song. That's a great song. I don't know if it's better than any of these ones. I forgot about that song. Yeah, no, it's not better, but it's, it's a good jam. Okay, number six is Ineligible. It's oh, by... R. Kelly. It's by R. Kelly. Yeah. I Believe I Can Fly. Ineligible. Lame song anyways. Honestly, if I was going to go into a time machine before I knew what I know, I right. would say this is not one of his best songs anyway. Correct. But me splitting hairs on what's good and bad by him, yeah. I've already done too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're in the actual top five now. Okay. This song is by Puff Daddy. Okay. Featuring Mace. Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. A great song. Not better than the other two we brought up. Not no. better than More Money, More Problems. Definitely not better than Hypnotize. No. But this is like the third or fourth single, which is why it's popular at the end of the year because I they were see. already breaking yes. so much earlier in the year. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you don't, nothing there for no, you? No, I agree with your assessment of it. All right. This next song is a big song, probably her biggest song. Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Ooh. I, it's not really my wheelhouse. Yeah. It is. For what it is, it's very good. Yeah. It's it's hard to, like, measure a ballad against everything else. Unless it's a really good ballad. Which right. this is, like... It's a decent ballad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put it above anything else. But, yeah, I mean, that was a huge, huge hit for her. Her biggest hit, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, honorable mention, Toni Braxton, but yeah. it's not enough. Yeah. She's in the LL Cool J uh, oh. Hall of Fame category. Got it. Nice nice callback. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, you should be listening to all these pods and you get all these inside jokes. There you go. Another appearance here at number three from Puffy. Yeah. This time with this Faith is Evans. Year. And... 112, I'll Be Missing You, the police oh, kind of verbatim ripoff with some puffy rhymes over it. Um, again, huge song because they sampled an awesome hook yeah. from the police. Great little tribute to Biggie. I mean, obviously, Faith Evans was his wife. Yeah. Um, but again, for me, it's it's better than Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, but it's not better than Hypnotize. By, it's not even close to Hypnotize. It's not even close to more, more problems. I think he just got so overplayed back in the day, too. I, I just like the other song so much better. Yeah, fair. Like, they just Here's really something. did it You can't it. overplay Hypnotize. Correct. You literally can't play it too many times. Right. These other songs, you can't. Yeah. That's the difference. And this one, they just did Ad Nauseam. Speaking of Ad Nauseam. Yeah. Here's an artist who... <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. And you know what? No, you know what? Not even take a shot. Okay. I actually respect this person, but... These next two songs, the top two songs are, the song title is the song title slash the next title. So I think they were like radio double hooks, which okay. I think is such a gimmick. Yep. So this is Jewel, um, You Remember Me slash Foolish Games. What? Like, how are those two songs, number one? Were they playing it back to back on the radio that year? I don't know, because those are two very different songs. Right. Wow. And it's, I don't know. So anyway, Foolish Games is a pretty cool, like, like angsty ballad. Mm, loved that song. Don't even remember what the other song. one was. Yeah, that was her first hit. You know that. You know it too. 
Is it the ones where it was your hands are not my own and they're your hands no, are not my own? No, that's a completely different song. <laughs> when she says the same thing twice. Yeah. And everybody was like, did she mean to do that? And maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Anyway, I got nothing there. I'm not putting that anywhere near any of the... No, I really liked those songs. At the t- I liked Jewel back yeah, in Jewel's the day. Yeah, Jewel's talented. No, um, no question. For sure. But And she held her own against all these people. Like, she was big. No doubt. Considering no doubt. it was a little big hip-hop crew. But, yeah, not better than these. All right, and then this, this guy here... This song was number one, I think, basically for a year plus. Okay. Because it was number one, I think, either in 98, I feel like. Yeah. Or it was high. Yeah. Or maybe it, maybe it was low, and I'll go back and listen, and it was low, and I'm like, oh, it was higher the year before. Uh-huh. Either way, Elton John's Candle in the Wind 97 oh, slash oh, yeah. Something About the Way You Look Tonight. So two straight that are like hyphenated double jams, like we're playing them both at the same time. I think the candle on the wind part is the one that made it number one. Well, yeah. So I had that CD, and like they definitely both of those songs are on the CD because he like redid them both for Diana. Correct. So so I we're don't treating know. them as like one thing. That's I don't weird. Get it. But anyway, I don't. I, I understand that that song was ginormous. Yeah. For over a year internationally. Yeah. I well, get for it for a very sad reason. But like, it's a remake of a song that I think was number one. Like. In the 80s or whenever we yeah, released the first time. 70s or 80s, yeah. So I really can't give him yeah, that. No. I just can't. Yeah. Personally. It's just a weird one, and it's weird to, like, for the reasoning that it's redone to kind of, like, vote Which is it a great out. tribute. Yeah, for but sure. But still. Yeah. I stand by our choices. All right, so we're going Hypnotize. I think Hypnotize is the first song to legitimately come from number 25 mm-hmm. all the way to number one. Yeah. I feel good about it. And I don't feel bad about it. Not one bit. No. We also are setting a record here to get through this pod because <laughs> of said baby in the corner. She's doing all right. But, you know. She's just noisy. Those were her first verbal appearances on the pod. Yeah, that's right. She's been in the room for, I think, two or three now. Yeah. This is the third, but first time groaning, groaning in the background. What we learned is that infants are loud sleepers. Yes. Loud sleepers. Loud sleepers. All right. Two hot takes about Jurassic Park. Yeah. So there's a new Jurassic Park coming out uh-huh. or out or whatever. Yeah. And I shared with you last night that I've never seen any of the Jurassic Parks. I can't believe Which that. is a wild thing for me to, yeah. to think about and say out loud. Just because you're a big movie person I love general. movies. I yeah. love dinosaurs. Yeah. You like history. Never. I mean, I've seen aspects and parts of every Jurassic Park probably because yeah. they're always on. But right. I've never sat and watched start to finish any it's of the crazy. Jurassic Parks. Yeah. But I am familiar with the score, right. the theme song yes. to Jurassic Park, which is still used in this new movie, which mm-hmm. is why we brought this up yesterday. Yeah. So John Williams, legendary, legendary, 90-year-old. Is he still alive? Still alive. Good 90 years old. He's from Boston? No. he Well, he was born he? in Floral Park, New York. Oh. I don't know if he grew up here. But 90 years old, birthday February 8th, 1932. Jeez. He wrote the score for Jurassic Park. Yes. And you said... That is, like, my favorite score that he's ever written. I think it's his best one. Correct. Hot take. That is a hot take. And I basically just said, (laughs) wow, that's a hot take because this guy wrote the Jaws theme song. Well, like... This guy wrote the Star Wars theme song. No one's going to be like, Jaws is my favorite soundtrack. This guy wrote... two notes. This... It's more than two notes. (laughs) I know, but you get it. This guy wrote the Superman soundtrack. This Uh guy wrote the first two Home Alone the whole alone ones, yeah. I mean, I Indiana I Jones. It. Yeah, Indiana Jones is pretty good. The first three Harry Potters. I still stand by it. He also apparently did the uh, the theme for Sunday Night Football. So anyway, I just think it's an amazing take 
well, that the Jurassic Park for you stands out. Yeah. And I wanted to put it and document it and also use it as an opportunity to share that I've never seen Jurassic Park, any of them. And I just think at this point, I'm like staunchly in like the I'm just not going to do it category. You should watch the first one. I've only watched the first one. Okay. It's good. Maybe if, if, if the aforementioned baby in the corner gets into dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, that's how I'll do it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But so you're going... But like, let me... I'll Indiana do, Jones, too. Did I already say that out loud? You did say okay, Indiana good. Jones, yeah. Well, my my background there, just to reveal what a nerd I was growing up, was that I played both violin and piano. Yeah. I played in an orchestra, and we played that soundtrack in the orchestra, and it was just my favorite thing that we've ever played. All right. It so was you have like so a, good. a musicianship appreciation for yeah, it. Yeah, like, it starts out with a French horn, and it's like the first four notes are like really kind of foreboding, and it's just, I don't know, it's just really well done. So okay. that's, I like grew a love for it from playing it. Do you think the first two notes of the jazz theme song are foreboding? <laughs> I do, <laughs> but in a very different way. That's like a cello, huh? Uh, what is that? It's probably a bass or a cello. Probably a bass. Well, anyway, yeah. the beauty of the Jaws theme song is the simplicity. Yes. I actually think the score of that movie makes Jaws scary. Yeah. Like, because the robot shark, especially in the first one, yeah. was uh, like... Janky. The worst. Yeah. And they basically <laughs> only showed the fin in like two shots of the shark's face because right. they were like, this isn't scary at all. Yeah. And so to, to be able to be that limited in technology... Yeah. And then to have that kind of score... For Correct. me... And also Jaws petrified me. By the way, can I actually bring up some other just interesting yeah. factoids? Yeah. I remember seeing Jaws 2 at my barber's house. Um, and she lived in Old Lyme, Connecticut, and so it's on like Long Island Sound. Oh, sure. And we watched Jaws 2, and then I went to the beach, and I was like, I am not going in the water. <laughs> and I've gone in the water a million times in my How life. How old were you? I don't really remember. Okay. But probably, call it, say eight. Okay. But the first time I've ever like been associated with like... You know, you, you see Blair Witch Project and you think it's real and then you're like, you know, you're really scared to go in the woods maybe until you yeah. find out it was a ruse. Right. Well, anyway, sharks are real. Yeah. And obviously Jaws literally created a scare of sharks yeah. in the 20th century that didn't exist. Right. I mean, if you look at the numbers in terms of how many sharks uh, attack, let alone wound humans, let alone yeah. kill humans, by virtue of the wounds, it's very minimal. So anyway, my parents told me, oh, don't worry, there are no sharks this far north. And I believe that for like <laughs> 20 years. Well, at that time, it might have been true. I don't know. Uh, seeing how Cape Cod is now the number one spot for great white sharks on the planet yeah. in the summer, me thinks there were sharks in the water. Well. And I get it. The, their whole point was the chances of you getting bit by yeah, a shark are yeah, zero, yeah. and you being afraid of sharks is stupid, yeah. so there aren't any sharks in the water, yeah. but I bought it. Yeah. Well, I had a similar experience where we watched it at Katie McCann's birthday party, and then we all went swimming in her pool, and we were all scared to go swimming in the pool. Because the great white shark <laughs> Definitely might be in the chlorinated pool that's like seven feet deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just in case. Just in case. Yeah. But I feel you. Yeah. And that's... That goes back to John Williams' score, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because the shark was the shark was no good. No good. Anyway, all right. Well, this is a hell of a podcast. Yeah. Wide ranging. Yeah. So we've got a little matinee hockey coming here. Yep. Tampa Bay Lightning, aka the Ning, taking on Ning. the Rangers. They're facing off right now. Correct. The Ning are down two nothing. Wow. They're the two time defending. Yeah. Down two nothing in the series. Excuse me. Yep. Two uh, two time defending champions. Mm -hmm. This is their first time losing consecutive playoff games since 2019. Yeah. 
Who you got in this series? Who do you got today? I'm shocked by this series. I I guess I didn't uh, give the Rangers enough credit. I think the Rangers maybe run away with this. Wow. I don't know. You heard it here first. I think the Ning sat for too long, maybe. Well, that's fair. They yeah. swept the Panthers and they were done. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Though John Williams did not write the Rangers goal song, that is an original score. <laughs> and I don't hate it. I kind of <laughs> love it. I went to a Rangers game once when I moved to New York City. <laughs> And I was like, what is the song? And then I just hear it on TV now, it's, and it's, it takes see, me back to 2006. You know? I can see getting behind it in the moment there, for sure. I mean, they weren't playing the Bruins, so what do I care? Right. All right, everybody. Are they playing the Islanders, who, by the way. Oh, forget get it. Get out of here. Yeah. What, what, what a trip that memory lane. All right, well, <laughs> to the baby, thanks for showing up. Cindy, thanks for showing up. Thanks for having me. 1997, Billboard Hot 100, hypnotize. Never hypnotize. was a doubt. Yep. Never was a doubt. Philip Buster Freestyle. Thanks for listening. Bye.